Hello! Welcome to the podcast from ThatGuitarLover.com. My name's Ross. I'll be your host for these episodes. Enjoy! Hello, fellow string slingers. Welcome to the podcast at ThatGuitarLover.com. This time I want to head into our studios and talk about plugins that we can use when recording or, after the fact, in the mixing stages. What is a plugin anyway? Well, a plugin is a piece of software. You can use it either while recording or during the mixing process to make alterations to your sound. Some people like using plugins during recording because they know the sound that they want and don't want to spend forever in the mix. Some people like using plugins during recording because they already know the sound they want and they don't want to spend forever in the mix process after the fact. Others prefer to record plain vanilla and add the plugins during the mix, whichever way you choose is right at the time that you choose it. But as you practice and as you do this, you may find that you prefer one way or the other for certain things and at certain times. The first kind of plugin I want to explore is the preamp or channel strip plugin. These exist to allow our DAW software and our interfaces to take on the characteristics of typically classic recording consoles or rack gear. Vintage sounds are very popular, and it's quite expensive to go out and find a real Neve desk or an original SSL channel strip unit, along with all the places to put it and to keep it all working. Plugins aren't the same as the old stuff, but can come very close to it for quite a bit less money and a lot less hassle. The plugin you choose comes from experimentation, and you will find that you like some more than others. Let's talk about microphones, for example. A big part of the overall microphone sound is the preamp used with the microphone, and sometimes these preamp plugins can even be set as a line input. But getting the sound from the mic that you want can be really critical. When you hear about someone plugging right into the desk, they're actually plugging into the preamp that is built into the mixing desk. If you're miking an amplifier for recording, you may want to give the sound the warmth of an older style preamp, and plugins are a good tool for this as well. Most interfaces are just that, solid interfaces with built-in good quality preamps. The Apollo lineup from Universal Audio are like that, but they can also use a plugin during recording because the interface has its own CPU and resources. This is one of the reasons why an Apollo will cost more money than some alternatives will. Universal Audio uses what they call unison preamps that can take on the role of a plugin preamp or channel strip at the time of recording. The great thing about this is that you can focus on the playing and what you will hear in your monitors is the sound going to disk after the plugin has done its job. The downside is the plugin effect is cooked into the recording and you cannot make changes to it after the fact. You choose what you like. These kinds of plugins are particularly nice with vocals so you can get the tone and timbre you desire most of the way there and then do some final tweaking in the mixing stages later on. You can also use these things when miking an amplifier or running a device built for it right into the interface. Many new amplifiers have direct interface outputs. 
While the Apollo units allow you to load more than preamps and channel strips in the recording processes, most interfaces leave that for after recording. As you're learning about plugins, that's not a bad way to go because you can try different plugins to see what you like. Whatever interface you purchase, you'll get some plugins with it. Sometimes it's a great swath of plugins such as you get with Studio One that comes with some PreSonus interfaces. Sometimes you just get a few. And sometimes it's a selection of very popular ones along with some others that you may not think about as you will get with Universal Audio. For people with gear acquisition syndrome, plugins are a potential black hole because there are so many options. Think of all the things that can be done in a physical studio in mixing and production, and there are going to be a number of plugins to do what you want. There are also many plugin providers, but fortunately, DAW software is able to use at least one of the many standard file formats. Most plugin installers today take care of putting the files in the right place, and you don't have to really understand file systems to get things working. This is a change from the past. Preamp and channel strip plugins are just the beginning. There are a number of compressor plugins that in some form or another will simulate popular tube and transistor-based compressors. These are different compressors than what you will find in your $100 stomp box. While you may use a stomp box when playing live, you might use a plugin when recording. Since if you're listening, you are likely a guitar or bass player, think of the different stomp box options and with the exception of the 10,000 different overdrive distortion fuzz units, there are plugins that will do most everything other pedals will do. From flangers to phase shifters to reverb units, there's a ton of plugins out there. Some take the form of a virtual pedal board, such as you'll find in the very popular Amplitube system that can simulate amplifiers and cabinets as well. It's easy to figure out because Amplitude looks like a pedal board and an amp. Other plugins will require a deeper dive, such as the amazing Capital Chambers Reverb plugin from Universal Audio that gives you the incredible reverb options that you would get if you were recording in the old reverb chambers in the Capital Records studios. A little time investment goes a long way to getting the most from a plugin. Many plugins are also signature offerings, basically presets that you can use as is or as starting points based on the work of luminary engineers and producers. Too many presets can give you the potential for option paralysis, but having a few available are excellent learning tools to start to find what you like and also how to achieve it. Plugins can be applied to a single track, or you can gang tracks together into a bus, or you can use the plugins on the final mixdown and have them apply to everything. There's a lot of flexibility here. And again, you can experiment and learn by trying. Applying plugins after the fact is non-destructive. If you try one and you don't like it, you can always take it out. I encourage this, and while you may find a preset that you like, there's no harm in twisting the virtual knobs to see what happens. In my recording work, I spend most of my time with preamps, channel strips, reverbs, and delays. Recently, I have started working with amplifier and cabinet plugins applied after the fact to a dry instrument recording, even taking the interface output of a general use preamp section and then applying different speaker cabinet simulations in the edit and mix phases. 
a good set of cabinet impulse response files can really expand your horizons. I'm tending to favor the Two Notes Wall of Sound plugin controller using Two Notes speaker cabinet plugins because I know them best and because I'm pretty OCD and have done real cabinet versus Two Notes cab sim comparisons. The Two Notes cab sims also include multiple virtual microphones, more microphones than I own, and you can manipulate the position of the virtual microphone relative to the cabinet in the software. I also use full amplifier sims a bit, although more often when I need to do that, I'll run the quad cortex or camper right into the interface and use the amp sims in those devices because A, I already have them, and B, that takes a load off the computer during mixing. As you can imagine, plugins use CPU and memory. There ain't no such thing as a free lunch. There are some devices like Universal Audio's AUX or the Two Notes Torpedo Capture X that are more than just attenuators. They also offer cabinet simulations to use with the amplifier that they're connected to. You're using the real amp, but you have the option to change the cabinet and the microphone set. I've done a fair bit of work with both, and I like them both very, very much. There are also companies that do just plugins, no hardware. That's cool too. One is called Waves, and they offer both individual plugins, but the win there is to sign up for notifications and shop when they're having a package sale. I tend to prefer the Universal Audio preamp and compressor stuff over others, but that's just my opinion. In the case of Universal Audio, they typically have two big sales a year, one near the beginning of summer and one around Black Friday. Their plugins are great, but they are expensive, so again, watch for the sales events because you can save a lot of money. As with the rest of my musical endeavors, I dove headfirst into plugins, and as I've done elsewhere, I overbought before I really understood everything. So my advice is don't make my mistakes. Go slow and really learn to use the plugins that you have before spending money on more. If you're on Windows, PreSonus Studio One comes with a lot of plugins, and it's a really, really nice digital audio workstation. I mostly use Macs, so I get GarageBand for free, and I tend to use Logic Pro when I'm recording. The good news about all of these tools is that they will use industry standard file format plugins. So one plugin could be used in any of this software. Listeners know that I encourage recording yourself, even if you're the only person who hears the work. By adding skills of plugins to your recording process, you're going to create more value for yourself and be able to better recognize how what you like to hear is done. If all you do is record at home, this can still be a wonderful pastime, and you may find it's a hobby that is really fulfilling. For the podcast at thatguitarlover.com, thanks for listening, and until next time, peace. Thank you.